2: the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I am conflicted
3: in my own mind as Joe and I were debating this, uh, playing clips from last night's debate. Uh, You got two candidates here who ain't ain't even really trying to get the nomination. Um, uh, neither one of them is going to get the nomination. Nothing in the debate moved the needle last night, so it's not important from that standpoint. This is entertaining because it's conflict, which is always somewhat entertaining. Um, I do think it's important in that it's definitely emblematic of our the current state of our politics mm-hmm. and where it's going to be for quite a while.
4: Um, so the, the inner conflict you speak of is, should we air this crap or not? Yeah.
3: Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I guess it doesn't have to be important to be
4: entertaining. No, the whole emblematic of our time thing, thing is true. And, and I don't know. I'm, I'm tired of the heavy lifting. Let's just, let's just do something because it's fun.
3: I, okay, I came out of the debate. If I had one feeling coming out of the debate, it's that I'd like to strangle Vivek Ramaswamy with my own hands. But um, here's a little of him last night.
2: And I think those with foreign policy experience, one thing that Joe Biden and Nikki Haley have in common is that neither of them could even state for you three provinces in eastern Ukraine that they want to send our troops to actually fight for. Look at that. This is what I want people to understand. These people have, I mean, she has no idea what the hell the names of those provinces are, but she wants to send our sons and daughters and our troops and our military equipment to go fight it. So reject this myth that they've been selling you that somebody had a cup of coffee stint at the UN and then makes eight million bucks after has real foreign policy experience. It takes an outsider to see this through. Look at the blank expression. She doesn't know the names of the provinces that she wants to actually fight for.
3: I like the fact that Nikki Haley during this, she just looked up. <laughs> she just looked up the whole time he was talking, like, when will this be over?
4: <laughs> yeah, and he was hoping to have gotten her goat, but said, look, look at the blank look. I'll tell you what that blank look is, Vivek. Uh, when you're an adult, you master the art of, you can't provoke me. You're an idiot. I don't have time to even get fired up about you.
3: (laughs) So the problem I have with this, I just hate that kind of gotcha question. Vivek, if you want to go on the stage and make an argument why you don't think we should be as supportive uh, uh, of Ukraine's needs as she does, perfectly fine! Perfectly fine! But the whole gotcha question of... Name the two biggest cities in the Northeast, or what's their fourth leading export, or whatever. What the hell is that?
4: Nobody likes that, unless you hate the candidate being gotcha. Plus the whole, wait a minute, wait a minute, she wants to send our troops to Ukraine? You gotta make that case. Now, maybe he's made that case in other speeches to his followers, but you're on a national stage now. What the hell are you talking about?
3: Yeah, Chris Christie jumps into it here.
0: Let me just say something here. You know... His reasonable peace deal in Ukraine, he made it clear give them all the land they've already stolen, promise Putin you'll never put Ukraine in Russia, and then trust Putin not to have a relationship with China. Let me tell you something. That's no that's reasonable not my deal. Deal. That's that's not my deal. Yes, Chris. it's exactly what I'll, you said. I'll you my do deal this too. at every debate. I'll just, I'll do you exactly say, what no, don't interrupt tell me, what I didn't interrupt is. you. Okay? You tell say this, how you, you do this, say, die. You do this at Islani. every debate. You go out on the stump and you say something, all of us see it on video, we confront you out on the debate stage, you say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to I'll say you what. Exactly and now, what- i said, Chris. I said, I'm not done yet. Well, this is- now. Look, this on. is nonsense nonsense now. Now. not a spirit. So, made a spirit of nonsense. something. This is the fourth debate the fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So shut up
2: for a little while. I'm going to respond to that. To Chris, it's your version. We're going to no, let I you respond say, to that. After, we're going go, to let you respond that. I'll take let that.
3: Finish. So I've been saying this for a long time. Now, maybe we're hypocrites here because we're playing those clips because they're entertaining. Uh, but I've been saying this a long, long time. You reward the people who break the rules in these debates. Been doing it for years. You reward the people that talk when they're not supposed to talk or go over the time because they get more time and then get more time in the echo chamber for having mm-hmm. done that. And if you're gonna do that, you're gonna get more of it. So these debate moderators who like act like, "No, settle down. We need to let you talk." You want this, or you would have you would enforce the rules. Turn off his freaking mic. He doesn't get to uh, uh, say all these amazingly uh, uh, controversial things. And then when
4: somebody tries to respond, talk over the top of them. But you let him do it. Right. Well, we're playing it for the purpose of condemning it, number one. Secondly, it's the idiocy and blindness of the Republican Party that just astounds me. How can you not see how poorly you're being served by your own debates? And it's partly that you're a partner with, but a a subordinate partner to the networks that are hoping for ratings and clicks. Make it about you, you morons. Yeah,
3: and to our listeners, because we have a chunk of listeners who are on Vivek's side on this particular argument about Ukraine, Chris Christie thinks it's highly important and we need to fund Ukraine to make sure Putin doesn't win, which I agree with. Uh, Mm -hmm. Vivek does not. But that doesn't mean you got to have Vivek gets to um, personally attack people and then talk over the top of them when they respond. Let's have an actual debate on this.
4: Right. Uh, Yeah, far from wanting to silence that discussion, people who are against funding Ukraine's efforts against Putin, uh, I want to have that conversation because I want people who uh, disagree with me to hear my argument. So, yeah, I'm I'm more than happy to have that argument. We've had it on the show many times. I've read emails from you all, and um, I don't think you're right, but I'm not afraid of your arguments.
3: You want to hear... I don't know... we're fall, we're, it's so easy to fall into this, and he knows what he's doing. Vivek Ramaswamy has gotten more time speaking in all four debates. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he, knows, he knows what he's doing. And then they have those stupid rules where if you attack somebody personally, um, you, you get to respond. So, I mean, it just is kind of a self-perpetuating, I'm going to attack everybody, they respond by attacking me, so then I get a response, and I just end up with more time.
4: Yeah, yeah, dude is super smart. He knows exactly what he's doing. Um He's building a brand. Yeah, he is well he's he's built a brand, yeah, and he's uh, reinforcing that brand. Mm, uh I like some of the stuff that was said about uh immigration. Can we talk substance for a minute here? I love just taking that self righteous tone once yeah, in a while. It just feels good. It does. Yeah, it it is fun. You're yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, I don't believe this is true entirely. This is uh, the increasingly flailing and desperate Ron DeSantis, who I'm a fan of. Uh, let's start with twenty six. Oh, oh my God! Uh, give me twenty six, then I swear we're done. <laughs> <laughs> is
2: all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years for money and endorsements. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked Same thing him in for your book a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you.
4: All right. Did did you hear everybody was laughing at him for claiming that the other people licked Donald (laughs) Trump's
1: boots?
4: (laughs) That was something. Uh, Sorry, now I'm done.
3: Where does the expression "boot licking" come from? Is that...
4: I've heard of that actually being uh, done to people, forcing them to lick the dictator's boots.
3: God, that reminds me. I I was going to bring this. I wrote down the notes. I was listening to a history podcast. It was some... This goes back many, many centuries. This is like Middle Ages. Some king ruler defeated some other king ruler... And made the guy be his coffee table for the rest of his life. Made the guy be on his hands and knees like he could, like a footstool, like he'd put his feet on his back or stack things on him for the rest of his life.
4: Wow. Uh, While creative, I I have several problems with that idea. Number one, the quality of the furniture.
3: (laughs) The human footstool is a thing. Wow. Yeah, throughout history. Isn't that something? That's a hmm. That's how, hard to believe anybody would take that over
4: death. Actually, yeah. I wonder what sort of death though, or being a human anyway, footstool. I was going to play so a little just substance to, from the debate. Well, you gets you're to done the whole, your medieval <laughs> torture fantasies. Well, it gets to whatever. the whole
3: bootlicker thing. I guess. I guess if <laughs> I guess
4: if you'd make somebody be a human
3: footstool, you'd make them lick your boots.
4: So I like this from Desantis. Uh, do twenty seven and twenty eight just back to back? M dog, if you would. Uh, Nikki
3: Haley said the other day there should be no limits on on legal immigration and that corporate CEOs should set the policy on that. There needs
2: to be limits on immigration, and we should
3: not be importing people from cultures that are hostile. So, for example, I said with the Gaza, you had some of the the, the squad wanted to import 300,000 people from the Gaza Strip. I said, no, we're not taking anyone from Gaza because of the anti-Semitism and because they reject American culture. Look what's happened in Europe. You have more anti-Semitism in Germany than at any time since Adolf Hitler, why? Because they imported mass numbers of people who reject their culture. Europe is committing suicide with the mass migration and it's illegal and legal. So we've got to get smart about this. We cannot let the United States
4: be like Europe. No, the I, I, criticism of Nikki Haley was flailing, but that stuff about immigration, hundred percent correct.
3: He's absolutely right. He's definitely preaching to the choir, though. I guess that, I don't know what that was in terms of the debate with the other people. Is there anybody who disagrees with that on that stage?
4: Well, he was trying to portray Nikki Haley as being an open borders person.
3: Right. If we were a serious, if we were as serious about this stuff as we should be. We're all sleepwalking along because the United States has been so dominant for so long and everybody's lives have been so comfortable, you know, relative to world history uh, that we just don't take these things serious. If we are serious, people would propose all these things in writing then argue like the Supreme Court justices in writing. We'd all sit down and read them. They would be fact-checked by actual fact-checkers instead of the mm-hmm. shouting over each other's slogans and misrepresenting other people's positions in a way that's so convoluted you don't even know what they actually believe.
4: Right. Yeah, Yeah. You can go to their websites and check out their positions, but nobody bothers.
3: No. on well, their websites aren't accurate. <laughs> so uh, then you got to, you know, take the time to dig into that, whether what they're representing on their website is real. Ah! Here's the good news. CNN has announced there'll be two more of those debates. One in Iowa, one in New Hampshire. Trump won't show up. So who's that for?
4: I'd rather be a human coffee table <laughs> than watch those <laughs> two debates.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. More on the way.
1: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. In a newly released cameo video, disgraced Congressman George Santos said that his favorite Taylor Swift song is "I Knew You Were Trouble" and sang some of the lyrics. Oh, buddy, if either Congress was tough on you,
4: wait till you meet the Swifties. There's, <laughs> there's going to be nothing left of you but a bloody
1: sweater vest.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta
3: read this. It just came across from Bill Malusion of Fox's down at the border. New. Another enormous line of hundreds upon hundreds of adult men from around the globe crossed illegally into Lukeville, Arizona last night, are now waiting for the Border Patrol to take custody of them as they expect to be released into the U.S. non-stop flow of illegal crossings here. It's adding to the record day we had yesterday.
4: This is why our politics is so nutty right now, I think. People are are so frustrated and angry at the lawlessness they see and the fact that they are required to follow an ever-increasing number of laws and regulations and pay your taxes right of course yeah yeah increasing taxes um meanwhile whether at the border or on the streets of the cities where they live lawlessness is not only uh, allowed it's encouraged people are pissed i almost dropped an f-bomb um i apologize for even thinking of that nasty word friends uh, right, and when people get angry, uh, populism is really powerful. Yeah, they don't want policy. They want a punch throne. I get it. I really do. I mean, for instance, how, how perfect is this story? And your Bill Malugian reference was a perfect intro to it. Joni Ernst went off the other day because she got word that families who'd made reservations in hotels for the Army-Navy college football game, had their reservations canceled because the hotels around Foxborough, Massachusetts, were pressed into duty uh, to house illegal immigrants. Yeah. That'll make a Trump voter out of you. So... Uh... Yeah, Ms. Ernst uh, wrote to Joe Biden, your border policies are failing and it's abundantly clear changes needed. Your failed policies are directly harming military families. It's just, I mean, that's almost comedically unpalatable. And, and how about, you know, we didn't give enough time to this. There's just so many things to talk about these days. But that poor veteran who was in a care home in New York and and they booted them all out because the care home was offered more money by the governor of New York to house illegal immigrants than they were getting for housing uh, 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 our nation's veterans. No and, wonder people want to throw a punch.
3: and And in all kinds of different directions so that Eric Adams, the mayor of New York, now has the lowest approval rating ever for a New York mayor. And most of it is around the immigration issue. Which, to be fair, what is he going to do? <laughs> I mean, what is he going to do? You declared yourself a sanctuary city a long, long time ago. Now you're reaping the benefits of that. What is he supposed to do?
4: Something's got to break. I mean, the, the the things we've already seen, be they January 6th or the George Floyd riots or whatever... Um, that's just a preliminary. All right, uh, on yeah, more something's cheerful got a break.
3: Let's hope it's not the country. But, yes, more cheerful Fair.
4: You know, people are stupid, Jack, in mm-hmm. a lot of ways. Yeah, so number I one, uh, well, I, I am in this way, too. People love dolphins because they appear to be smiling. <laughs> well, that is pretty dumb. It, it's impossible to resist. I know how stupid it is. And yet... You look at a dolphin, and he's so smart and smiling, and they call him Flipper, Flipper. It's
3: it's exactly like my AOC argument yesterday. If you take her words and attitudes and put them in the mouth of someone who's unattractive, what would she be? It's kind of like this with the dolphins.
4: Right. If a dolphin looked like a sea bass, they would not have nearly the following they have. I have disclosed before that dolphins are undeniably rapey, and they murder Dolphins commit murders, not to eat, but just to kill. On the other hand, they've discovered that they have a sixth sense, and it's super cool. They've figured out how dolphins hunt so successfully. So, a little dolphin news coming up among the other fare. Huh.
3: Stick that in your blowhole and smoke it.
4: That's all on the way. Uh, that's, I get it. That's
0: good.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
4: Uh, Yes,
3: there's a heck of an op-ed in the New York Post last night by some think tank military strategist dude about how ripe we are for that sort of attack by China versus what happened 82 years ago by Japan and how it would be so much more devastating and could end our dominance of the planet. But
4: what are you going to do? I've got some really good stuff on that, but it just feels so heavy. Yeah, I agree right now. I agree, I agree, I agree. Oh, speaking of heavy, and uh, since we came back with a Rush bumper song, uh, I just finished listening to uh, Getty Lee's autobiography entitled charmingly My F'n Life. Um, if you're a fan, it's fantastic. Um, one of the things it deals with at a great length is his family, his, mom's, his mom and dad's generation in particular, uh, something like 85% of them died in the Holocaust, murdered by the Nazis. 85%. Oh, yeah, yeah, there were entire families wiped out, you know, eight brothers and sisters, one survived or two survived. That's the way
3: Kissinger's family was, except for just, you know, his nuclear family that his mom got out.
4: Yeah, yeah, and then his dad died prematurely because he was more or less worked to death just on a delayed basis in the the Nazi work camps. Oh, Um, oh, my God. um, But, yeah, and, and, uh, you know, the reason I bring that up is semi-obvious. The fact that this quickly... An excuse for hating the Jew has really caught hold. But we talked about that a lot before. I'll move on. Uh, And the China stuff we'll do tomorrow. It's really interesting. It has to do with even if we have the will and the money to build our military, we don't have the manufacturing base. We can't build enough tanks and planes and boats. No way. (laughs) Which is a hell of a way to be. Anyway, the humble dolphin, Jack which is a fascinating creature. Its ability to communicate, echolocate, uh, the social, uh, you know, life of dolphins, how they hunt in in teams and communicate during the hunt. I think when we fully reckon with the dolphin's true intelligence, it'll be, you know, even more impressive than it is right now. Yeah, I think sm- it's a fascinating beast. Smarter than a number of co-workers I've had. That's a good point. Uh, The dolphin is a whale, by the way. It's worth keeping in mind. It's one of your smaller whales. I did
3: not know that, although it has a blowhole, so that makes sense.
4: Mm -hmm. There you go. Again with the blowholes. (laughs) I found this so cool, though, because I really like dolphins. Scientists at the Nuremberg Zoo in Germany have been trying to figure out how dolphins uh, hunt so skillfully and particularly in poor visibility. Because um, we know they have the echolocation thing, but they've discovered that they have a sixth sense.
3: They see dead people?
4: You gave it away. Thanks. No, uh, they have electro-reception, the ability to perceive weak electric fields. I was hoping it was the is... ability to listen to AM radio. <laughs> What? Um, It's typically associated with aquatic or semi-aquatic species. This sensory skill, fascinating in its own right, has been a focus of extensive research in marine biology, but mostly like uh, your electric fishes and electric eels and amphibian species and that sort of thing. Billy Bass. Bottlenose, another electric fish, yes. Uh, The bottlenose dolphin possesses the ability to feel the electric signals put out by the systems of hidden prey. It feels because we all have electricity in us um, or like a neurochemical charge and discharge and stuff. That's how our brains work. That's why they call them neurons. But the dolphin can feel the electrical field put out by a fish, which is immeasurably faint. How crazy is that? Well,
3: that makes me think that... uh... You know, the whole idea of um, magnetic personality or whatever charisma is or something like that, you know, wh- wh- what is that? Some sort of, do, do some people put out some sort of charge
4: that other people react to in a different way than other people? Right, or the whole you whirl around because you sense somebody's behind you? Yeah, thing? yeah, right, right, right. I wonder if that could be some sort of as yet un- misunderstood uh, or non-recognized uh, ability to sense electrical fields. Maybe not.
3: On the what you were talking about earlier about uh, dolphins being cruel to each other, that was one of the things Elon Musk was talking about on that three- hour podcast I listened to the other day and this was on the stuff with Israel and Hamas and the world and all that sort of stuff but he he just said that the history of all living things is the willingness to kill other living things to get more so that they their particular family or you know genetic line uh, does better whether it's monkeys or you know algae really anything and yeah. the fact that we do this is shouldn't be shocking to people and we need to, to recognize that it's just it's always going to be that way and and try and try to stop it in its tracks as opposed to thinking we can like i don't know legislate it out of us or poetry ourselves out of it or something
4: well, there you go. There's Thomas Sowell's constrained and unconstrained visions of humanity. Do you believe that if with enough lecturing, human beings will become angels? Or do you believe humans have uh, human nature is unchanging, and there have to be incentives and disincentives to govern them?
3: If you believe that first one, you should wear a helmet everywhere you go in case you fall, because your soft, soft head cannot protect your brain.
4: Well, that wasn't very charitable. Oh. I happen to agree with you completely, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of that sort of thing, and uh, getting back to the question of lawlessness in the streets, I thought this was so interesting um, about uh, crime in Chicago. And and they they repeat the dishonest statistic that property crime seems to be falling somewhat. It's because people don't bother reporting it anymore. I got clearly. my clearly,
3: I got my bike stolen in a town where bikes get stolen all the time. I didn't report it to anybody. Why would I?
4: Yeah, what good would that do? Just take your time. I know there are probably cops out there who are like, no, it actually helps us if this and that, and we can do this and all. But, you know, I think we've all felt like it's futile. But anyway, um, they deal with that, and that wasn't the interesting part. Then you look at the homicide statistics in Chicago. And I'm leading up to the punchline. This is not the punchline. Back in uh, 2012, uh, 10 years before the most recent statistics, there were 515 homicides. And that was actually kind of a blip upward. Uh, The two years after that, 2013, 2014, it was about 430 homicides. Keep that in mind, 430. 2022, it was 725. Well, that's amazing. Yeah, and there were a couple of years where it was hugely higher. Uh, Just, it depends on the gang wars. It depends on what is the current state of conflict between young, predominantly black gang members. And nobody wants to talk about that, which is just, again, this gets back to the whole, uh, you know, discussion we were just having very briefly. I don't understand you people who profess profess to be concerned about black Americans but utterly unwilling to speak truths like by far the most likely way a black young black man dies is at the hands of another young black man. I mean, that's just undeniably true. And if you were actually concerned about these people, you'd be saying that you'd be shouting it from the highest mountaintop. But you're afraid to say it because... It feels rude or racist or something. I truly don't understand how your brain works. Anyway, um, in spite of that shocking rise in homicides, Chicago's arrest rate has hit the lowest level in a decade. And by a hell of a lot. Chicago, like San Francisco, L.A., Philadelphia, virtually everywhere with your George Soros-funded DAs, has abandoned stopping crime these citywide arrest rates from uh from years past and i don't know precisely what these percentages mean but um have gone from 27 28 29% down to 11% as crime has risen as murder has risen this is that whole weird backward cascading of If the woke prosecutors, with their bizarre ideas about crime and punishment and race, won't prosecute, the cops don't arrest. And if the cops don't arrest, the citizens don't report. They say the only reliably reported crime is homicide. Because virtually nobody says, well, what are you going to do? They killed uh, my brother. Oh, geez. But you know that how it goes these days. No, nobody says that. People call the freaking cops when somebody gets murdered. But beyond that, people don't. I saw the figures the other day of the percentage of rapes that go unreported. It's horrifying. It's not even half get reported. Violent assaults, assault with a deadly weapon, uh, robbery with an assault. Especially in urban areas, people don't report that at all because they don't want to piss off the gangbangers who are doing the assaulting. So, man, the next time you hear somebody claim uh, claim that, you know, crime's actually down in the big cities, they are either unfortunately unacquainted with what I've been telling you or they're ideological liars. But that, that narrative is crazy. Won't organized
3: crime rise out of that? Because people want order, and if the local government can't provide order, order somebody's going to come along and provide order
4: at a cost. You know, there are, there are a number of organizations, some of which I think did terrible, ugly things on January 6th. That was their origin. They saw the lawlessness of the left, and they said, no, we're not letting that happen anymore, in Portland in particular, and in, in Seattle. Um But something like what you're describing will happen. It already is, yeah. I'm surprised there hasn't been more border vigilantism. But, I mean, nobody who wants to really, really control immigration and um, is outraged by the lawlessness, they don't want to hurt anybody. I mean, that's a teeny subset of maniacs. Most of us just want the freaking law enforced. Um, So I guess that's why people don't go down to the border. What are you going to do? hand out slips of paper that say, please go back to your homeland, you're violating our laws.
3: Yeah, because of what's going on in Israel and a number of other big stories, the mainstream, uh, I haven't seen the border situation on my evening newscasts. That's what I always kind of use as a judge of whether it's you know reaching the average person, but I haven't seen one on the NBC Evening News or ABC News lately, even though we set a record yesterday for people crossing the border.
4: Yeah, poll numbers would indicate that people are more than well uh, acquainted with this issue.
3: How? I don't know. I don't know how people know this, where they're getting their information about it. But they do seem to know it because Biden's approval rating is incredibly low, including a lot of Democrats on the border.
4: Yeah, yeah. Elections matter. Turn... Turn out at the polls, folks. We will finish strong next.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
3: my birthday and I'm having my birthday dinner at Costco. We got some tables and the rest of my family is shopping, so we're going to wait for them to order food. We got a whole Uh, cheese pie. We're going to get some hot dogs. Let's get four. This is going to be the cheapest birthday dinner yet. Oh my God. Workers at Costco just came and brought me a free
0: happy birthday
3: cake. (laughs) That's a woman who celebrated her 30th birthday at Costco because she's a Frugal, I guess. Okay. <laughs> hey, I do that. I love Costco stuff. I know you do, and because it's free, free samples. That's what you do for your oh, birthday. You yeah, just cruise I, around and eat free samples. No, Nobody's I don't spoke? do that for my birthday. You and but... your family members.
4: Wow. <laughs> you gave away my my trick.
3: <laughs> um, McDonald's is opening a new chain. Called, and I don't know how they're going to pronounce it. It's C O S M C S. Is it Cosmax or C O S M C S? Oh yeah, I think Cosmic. Cosmics. Oh. Cosmics. Cosmics. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. So, um, so it's a McDonald's thing, and they're trying to go after some of the one hundred billion dollar
4: afternoon beverage market. Ah, the afternoon milkshakes bever- masquerading as coffee drinks. Yes. Yeah,
3: or whatever it is. Uh afternoon beverage pick me up occasions is a 100 billion dollar market and it's become a thing wow. that a lot of people do. You're at work and you're kind of burnt out like hey, hey let's go, you know, run through Starbucks or whatever. And you go get a snack or whatever. It's just get out of the office, that's what it is. I mean, cuz obviously you can get coffee at the office, but it's just it's just a, you know, recharge your batteries sort of thing. But it's become a 100 billion dollar market and McDonald's doesn't has a doesn't have a pre- presence in it like Starbucks and Dunkin' do. So now the, this new Cosmex thing is going to focus on coffee and other drinks to try to compete. They're opening their first one in Illinois this month. Additional restaurants going to be open. This is
4: so smart. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
3: And uh, McDonald's coffee often rates very, very high when they do taste tests mm-hmm. and stuff like that, so they're they're pretty good at coffee. But this is going to have stuff on the menu that you can't get at a McDonald's, a churro frappe. Yeah, drink a lot of those and see how giant you get. You're going to need to ride a rascal around the Walmart. Uh, churro frappe's, s'mores, cold brew. You know what this is? This is the McDonald'sizing of a Starbucks. This is McDonald's coming in. You were kind of having a little bit of restraint with your afternoon coffee milkshakes. Get out of the way. Hold my turmeric frappe. Watch this. <laughs> With their s'mores cold brew <laughs> churro frappes.
4: Oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I've begun to really enjoy lattes myself. Uh, but, you know
3: what? Uh, you start to go latte, it's hard to go bake or something. Um, it, they're good. Lattes
4: are good. Yeah, they are. They're frothy. Anyway, uh, this is so smart because McDonald's does have really good coffee. And I don't know, do, do they like serve up any coffee drinks other than coffee?
3: They've kind of come. Well, they've kind of come and gone and come. They've tried different ways. Uh, uh, my guess was they're trying to dabble in it and then decided, you know, we need to go full on with like a separate product on this.
4: Mm-hmm. But you know, and, and I totally get that a little treat in the afternoon perks you up thing. But I don't want to wait in line with a bunch of Han who are ordering uh, hamburgers. Right. <laughs> uh, so, yes. so they're going with. Uh, you know, direct competition with Starbucks and Dunkin', which used to be Dunkin' Donuts, but they didn't want people to think, yeah, we're a donut shop and we got coffee. No, they want people to think we're a coffee shop.
3: The giant afternoon, pretend it's coffee, but it's a milkshake market. Yeah.
4: There's already an Elvis of Thrones now presenting Armstrong and Getty for
3: a churro frappe every day. I don't know. Mm. I don't know what to do. Mm. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty.
4: Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, our technical director, Michelangelo. Lead us off, Michael. Getting a human coffee table or some Ikea furniture, you know, that's a close <laughs> call. It might be more stable to be a you know human coffee... Well, do you have, uh, you know, somebody you've been the victor over who you'd like to humiliate? Consider the human coffee table. Uh, Katie Green, our esteemed newswoman, has a final thought. Katie? I had a very bizarre experience at a doctor's office yesterday, but I feel like I'm going to save it for the One More Thing podcast.
3: Yep, she gave me a little hint as to what it was, so we will put that in the One More Thing podcast with some other stuff. If you don't ever get that, download it wherever you find your podcasts every day.
4: Oh, I have a doctor-related thing to discuss. Perfect, Jack. A final
3: thought? Uh yeah, we were talking about human coffee tables earlier, which I you know is a bizarre concept. One king did it to a conquered king or something. But anyway, apparently it's a sexual thing for some people, like a dominance thing. Like turns you on on either end, either being dominant or submissive. To have them like be a footstool that you put your feet on. Mm. Isn't that a weird? Did, do we have anybody who's got that particular kink? Text us four one five two nine five KFTC. I don't want to be on the either end of that.
4: I don't. I don't send find pictures cool. and videos. Nah, Why I, not?
3: I don't find that cool.
4: Uh, we don't really have time for my final thought. My final thought is, man, we got a lot of great stuff to talk about already tomorrow. So hope you can join us.
3: Do, do either end of that tickle your erogenous zones? Being a human cough table, or putting your feet on your wife? <laughs>
4: I kind of get it, but no, no, I don't either. I might find a different way to explore that end of the sexual spectrum. Ugh. We will
3: see you tomorrow, and we won't talk about that anymore. God bless America.
4: I'm strong and get These are bad guys. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Gonna. What would James Madison say? This is a mess. I want winners.
3: It's, 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 I... <laughs> You, you,
4: you're a loser. My God, man. Get. Okay.
3: So let's go out with a bang. I, w- I, I wouldn't wipe Vivek Ramaswamy off my
4: shoe. Yes, the verbiage was was incoherent. The, the mood, the, the message was unmistakable. Yes. On
0: that high note, thank you all very much.
4: <laughs> Armstrong and Getty.